Welcome back to the Love Where You Live podcast, where we are exploring practical ways to express Christ's love in multiple contexts of life. I am so glad that you've chosen to tune in today. And if you like what you hear, be sure to follow us for future weekly episodes. This is Seth Widener, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the topic of interracial marriage. Over the next few minutes, I'll be sharing a biblical perspective on interracial marriage with a real-life interview with my friend. Whitney and Desmond Kruver. When it comes to the topic of interracial marriage, I realize that there are a variety of different perspectives and responses that people may express. Some people are for it, while others are simply against it. So I want to communicate that my goal in this episode, first of all, is not to agree or disagree with your opinion, nor is it to share my opinion with you. My goal is to shed light on today's topic by sharing some passages of Scripture with you. After all, God's opinion is the one that matters most. So the question we need to address today is this. What does God say concerning interracial marriage? There are some passages of Old Testament scriptures that, on the surface level, appear that God is totally against interracial marriages. But when you actually read each passage in its surrounding context, God is actually concerned about something else. Exodus chapter 34, verses 15 and 16 says, Be careful not to make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land. For when they prostitute themselves to their gods and sacrifice to their gods, and someone invites you, you also will eat from his sacrifice, and you then will take his daughters for your sons. And when his daughters prostitute themselves to their gods, they will make your sons prostitute themselves to their gods as well. Understand that God expressed this concern to the Israelites just before they entered the promised land of Canaan. You see, God wanted the nation of Israel to be his chosen people who would reveal his character to the world. And God expected them to walk in a love relationship with him. This means that God would be first in every area of their lives. They were to be set apart from the evil practices of the people groups around them. One of the greatest threats to God's covenant with the Israelites was if they would abandon their relationship with him to worship idols. You see, the land of Canaan was packed with at least seven other nations who practiced idolatry. So on the surface level, this passage may appear that God is against interracial marriage, but this is simply not the case. What God is against is his people marrying someone outside of their faith in him. And God expresses this exact spiritual concern throughout both the Old and New Testaments of Scripture. I would also add that if God forbid interracial marriage across the board, why would God rebuke Moses' siblings, Aaron and Miriam, even striking Miriam with leprosy for slandering Moses' marriage to his Cushite wife, who, by the way, is from the area of Ethiopia? You can read more about this particular story in the book of Numbers, chapter 12. Now, the New Testament also echoes God's concern with his people choosing a spouse outside of their faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 proclaims, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light 
have with darkness. Also in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 39, scripture says that a woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives. But if her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes, but he must belong to the Lord. The words, he must belong to the Lord, just jump out at me from this verse. Notice that God's concern about marriage is not based upon the color of our skin. Rather, God is concerned with our relationship with him, and he doesn't want us to risk our devotion to him for anything, even for the process of selecting a spouse. All right, for today's interview, I've got my friends Whitney and Desmond Kruver here to join our conversation. So, first of all, how are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing good. How are you doing, Seth? I'm doing good. Whitney, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Great. Okay. Now, I've known you guys for, were you guys here in 2016 when we first moved here? Yes. Yes, we were. Okay, so we've known each other about five years. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are serving in so many multiple directions here yeah. at Southside Christian Church. Um, children's ministry, social media, um, leadership, and there's your mad skills on the drums. Um, so um, I, I know you guys are busy, so I greatly appreciate you guys joining us. Um, I'm really excited for this interview because um, you all are not just bringing thoughts to the table. You guys are bringing real-life experience on today's topic of um, interracial um, marriages. So although I know you guys, you guys know me, the listeners do not know you guys or anything like that. So let's help our listeners get to know you. Um, first question is, how did you guys meet and how long have you been married? Uh, we met in college. Uh, we both attended the University of the Cumberlands in Williamsburg. Um, she was a softball star and I was the, uh, the water boy on the football team. I'm just kidding. Uh, I played football and that's how we met. And we've been married now for almost 11 years in May the 29th April not May it's April (laughs) this is I know this is not in our list of questions but I did not know you played football or uh, softball what position did you play Des I played inside linebacker and outside linebacker and safety okay Whitney what what positions were you on the softball field I was a pitcher first and then I was utility, so I played pretty much everywhere besides catching and first base. I didn't really play that much, but pitcher first. I pitched my whole life. So I will totally scratch my previous statement of we know each other um, really well. So so I just learned something. Um, my second question is um, what every couple has that moment of that initial attraction um, so, what initially attracted you to each other? Do you want to go? You go ahead. Um, I am a year older than Desmond, so I had been at Cumberland for two years, and I don't even know where to start. We both were previously in pretty long-term relationships coming out of high school, and kind of at the same time... He broke it off with his, and mine ended, and 
um, kind of my freshman year into my sophomore year, um, we were just at Cumberland and then we met and I don't know. I remember one of my friends on my softball team mentioned him. And so I always knew him. He used to wear. So the girls were checking you out. He, he, she was dating someone on the football team and kind of hinted at, I should maybe figure out who Desmond was. And, um, he, I always knew him because I think it was like intramural basketball everybody would go to in the gym. And that was the first time I kind of recognized who he was. And he always wore a shirt on his head. Interesting. Yes. Um, and it's his smile really drew me to him. So I would see him across the basketball court and. We were friends for a while, so before we started dating. or So your like shirt on your head and your smile attracted <laughs> her to you, and her friends noticed you. Um, what attracted you initially to Whitney? Um, it was it was kind of the same thing. Uh, all of us athletes, uh, especially in the fall, would have to report to college kind of early. So it was always that period of getting to know, you know, what other sports were playing during the fall. And it was kind of the same deal. Um, her friend was uh, a friend of a – she was dating a teammate of mine, and it was kind of the same deal. It was like, hey, you know, you hear about different people and um, how I, you know, became interested of, in Whitney was there was other people talking about her like oh she won't give me the time of day this that and the other and blah 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 blah, and all these different things and I'm like hmm you're like let me show you (laughs) (laughs) so um initially that was that was the interesting thing I'm like well I wonder what the problem is like is you know what's going on here so I decided to investigate and it was um Pleasantly surprised. Um, she was uh, a complete change of what I was expecting um, in someone who was in college. I was expecting like um, her to be like dramatic and drastic and all these different things, and it was like the complete opposite. She was so easy to talk to, and um, that's what really like hooked me in. It was her intellect. It was. Um, all these different things and obviously she's so beautiful um, so uh, that was the initial moment where I was kind of I was hooked so what do you consider the foundation of your marriage relationship um, our our foundation now is um, Christ obviously um, and 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 our and our three children obviously um seeing them grow and grow into loving and decent adults um that's 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 part of um our foundation uh that would be my initial answer whitney whitney what do you think i think initially our foundation um i don't even know if we had one at first which is where a lot of our struggles came from um we took a lot of baggage into our relationship from past relationships and um kind of turning away from Christ a little bit in college and 
So we struggled for about the first five years of our marriage. Um, And then Desmond recommitted his life to Christ. And um, I kind of gave everything over to Christ, including my marriage. I was kind of controlling and... um, and it kind of changed everything. And so our foundation now is 100% Christ. Um, and without that, you know, we wouldn't even be here today talking to you. Um, add in, I think what kind of held us together during the tough times was our children and our family. And um, so that's a part of it too. So yeah, Christ is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so you all have seen kind of both sides of the fence there. Like 100%. life with Jesus and life without Jesus. Absolutely. 100%, yeah. So um, um, the questions now are going to kind of take a shift, and we're going to be addressing um, the topic of interracial marriages. Um, and from your all's perspectives, first of all, let me say that every, and you guys know this too, every couple is unique. Um, so you guys in no way, shape, or form um, represent every couple um, living in an interracial marriage. Like, so this is just totally your all's opinions. And so you can be free to share. Um, my next question is How are interracial marriages both similar and different from the same race marriages? So we could start with similar. How, how would you say they're similar? Similar. Um, I like to think marriages are. A lot more similar than we like to portray as a society um, our struggles are the same our sins are the same our um, struggles in parenthood and finances and building a house together um, they're all the same same way with the happiness and the joy and all those things that come from building a great life together um so yeah um i think um our marriage is similar i mean just you know from all the different things that you know us men can confide in us and and women as well they can confide confide in each other the struggles that you have um i feel like we're we're all similar in that way um, whatever your vices are, I feel like um, those are things that you can go to a group of guys, like-minded guys who are also believers, and share those those vices that you have. And and in, and more than likely in those groups, you'll have someone that can say, "Hey, I've been there before," you know. Um, and I just and race has nothing to do with that. So uh, I think if you know everybody's honest about the vices that they have and the struggles that they go through. That's what, that's what makes, you know, all marriages similar. So that's, that's what I think about that. Okay. So how, how would they be different? Like a same race marriage versus an inter-race marriage? Um, we, I would say in the beginning is kind of where we had the f- issues when it came to being an interracial couple. Um, but I don't know if it was necessarily because we were looking for something or we paid attention to it. Um, 
or if it was any different than any other marriage. Um, some of the things that we had to deal with were family members, um, our parents, our extended family. Um, was this a first time interracial relationship when you all started dating? Well, for, like for you guys? Um, no, not for me. Um, in college, I dated a couple people that were different race. Um, and my parents never met them. It was nothing serious. Um, but it kind of was like I was feeling it out. And I that's when I told. I remember I was so nervous to tell my parents. They did not care. Um, and just to see how people would react because you just assume it's like this build up, like this big thing. Um, at the time I, I felt like it. And I, where I grew up, we, my high school was all white besides some foreign exchange students. I think when I graduated, we had someone of a different race there as a freshman, if I can remember, but you know, within 15 minutes, our rival was more mixed and more diverse. Um, so there were some things growing up, but I just never paid attention to it because it didn't hit home to me. I had no reason to. I was kind of oblivious to a lot of things. Um, and so I didn't know how my family or parents would react. And, um, and my parents were fine with it. And so it wasn't a big deal to me when I finally, you know, Desmond and I got serious. And, you know, we were friends for, I would say, what, six months before we started dating. And my parents knew who he was then because I was at home um, in the summer from college. And um, so not for me, but for Desmond it was. Uh, yeah, it was different. Um, I went to a, a more diverse more diverse high school than hers um it was probably it was probably 75 percent white and the rest it was you know different races and stuff like that um i guess growing up and in high school as well i, I never really paid attention to it um never really paid attention to you know mixed couples and stuff like that um so like i said before like i was just like um so happy that you know whitney was so easy to talk to and different things like that um like i i didn't really think anything of you know what was going to happen that next step you know of me telling you know close friends and family members and all that stuff and uh, I had some, I had some issues, um, but I guess I was, I was, I was more ready to be with her than I was to be respectful of or listening to the kind of what, you know, the things that people had to say. So, and we'll we'll get to those things in a minute. Um, before we, th that'll be in two questions from now. The next question, what I want us to focus on is, um, who do you feel like was some of your greatest supporters, um, whether when you got married or even during the dating years? Um, our biggest, our biggest supporters were, um, you know, other classmates, uh, especially 
uh, teammates of mine who knew that we were dating and were serious and were planning on like after college, you know, building a life together and different things like that. They were uh, good support systems. Um, her her family was also good support systems as well. Yeah, I would say probably our number one supporters throughout it all, including when we struggled in our marriage, were my parents. So my mom and dad. Um, in college, I think we both had a really good group of friends that surrounded us. Um, and they were very supportive. And so we were very blessed in that way that we had a good solid probably five or so friends that were just really good people and good friends for us. Cool. So so you all did have that support. Um, yes. Desmond, I think you were mentioning a few moments ago that there there was a pushback from some directions. Um, what are where did you guys receive some pushback um, when you all started dating or you and or your marriage? Yeah, so we were talking about this earlier today, and, you know, thankfully we haven't had anything happen, I would say, for a while. Um, or maybe we're just oblivious to it. I don't know which one that is. Um, <laughs> but um, we did have some pushback um, from people that I would say it, it, we expected it from. I know that's, you know hard to say um but I know who my family is and I know their background I know their history so I knew that there would be some issues in some way um it mainly extended families so um I I do want to say my sisters also were always one of our biggest supporters too um so I shouldn't have skipped them over but my one sister she um she I would say what broke the ice is that the term for me because she was dating a black man in college and so she kind of told my dad and my my parents first so she was the guinea pig yeah (laughs) so they and they didn't care like it wasn't even a big deal um but and I'm so thankful for that because and you quickly learn who people are too um one of my best friends, he was supposed to be one of my best friends from high school, um, not when I was dating Desmond, but before, told me, um, even I wasn't even serious with one of the guys I was dating, and he told me, like, you know, I'm not going to, I won't go to your, ma- or go to your wedding if you uh, marry someone who's black. Um, and so that kind of hit me. I think that was one of the last time I, I spoke to him. And I said, well, that, you know, in my head, that's fine. I don't want you there anyways, if that's how you feel. Um, and it's sad, but again, kind of not surprised. Um, some of our older, on my side of the family, older family members, um, funny story. I don't know if, I don't, I guess we can say it. Go but. for it. <laughs> well, this one's not funny. Um, on my one side of the family, their history of um, living in a small town, farmers, um, and they never went to our wedding, um, said they would never come and see us because they didn't agree with our lifestyle. Um, so that was sad, but 
not surprising. Um, my dad, who lived in the same town, he didn't care. And it does, it makes me, I always get choked up when I say this. He, he knew Desmond. Um, and right before he died, um, we spent Christmas with him and he was upset. He didn't get to meet Desmond. He was wanting Desmond to come. And, um, we were still, he was in college then. So he still went home and stuff with his family, but, um, and so I was thankful for that because even though he had been raised in that environment, he he didn't care. He was willing to give Desmond a chance and said, it, you know, it didn't matter. He just, he knew in his head that nobody was probably going to be good enough for his girls, but <laughs> he he wanted to give Desmond a chance. Um, but he didn't know Desmond. Desmond, <laughs> you're good enough, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know. We've had... Stuff through the years, I feel like when we lived in Knoxville, we would go. Is there a Bob Evans or something in in Clinton? There, there is a Bob Evans in that North Knoxville area. Yes, we went there one time. It was on a sun. I think it was a Sunday morning, and I felt like we got a lot of looks. Um, and that was something in the beginning that I, I was not used to. I don't like attention and I don't like people looking at me and all of a sudden I was noticing people would were looking at us um later on I think I like to tell myself it's because we have amazing kids and they're super cute so people stare at us because of that um I don't really notice that that much anymore though um things like that um I've heard people say stuff you know while I was working when I'm bartending you know, they say stuff, making jokes, um, not knowing that my husband is black, things like that. Um, I don't know. I can't really think of anything else because I, I'm very thankful that we haven't had to have any, you know, we haven't had any issues in the last like five or so years. Um, but in the beginning, there were some ups and downs. And, and I do have to say, my, besides the one side of my family that they're just, very not they're very close-minded um I still love them love so much but they were very close-minded um the other ones that had issues they just um and we can tell you the story but um I think they say it out of love because they grew up in a different time and it's not because they have any prejudice towards one race or the other but they see the conflict that happened while they were growing up to people who are in interracial um, marriages. And so there was always some concern, especially from the older generation, like my grandparents, um, that they were worried for my kids because the kids that they grew up that were biracial had tons of issues in school, lots of bullying. Um, not that that's ever an excuse or I'm giving them a pass, but um, I do have compassion to where their thinking, their way of thinking came from and why they were concerned for us. Um, but like Desmond said earlier, we were just at a point where we didn't care. We knew that it was right and um, God brought us to each other. And so we, it was hurtful at times, but we just kind of pushed forward Um but I'll let Desmond tell you the story. It was at a, one of my family functions. <laughs> um, 
<clears throat> so this story that she's talking to, talking about, um, it was one of her family members, and she was the. I mean, she was so nice, and um, so we get there, and I'm meeting everyone, blah 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 blah, and going through these deals. And so after you get through the first like initial like wave of people, well, she comes back, and she's like, you know, oh, it's. It's so nice to meet you and blah, 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 and all these different things. But I just don't understand why you're not with not with a, a nice black girl. She said these things to me, and, and she was like, and this really was your nice. first time. This is my first time okay. interacting with her, you know, beyond, you know, saying, hey, how you doing? I'm Desmond and I'm I'm Whitney. I'm dating Whitney. I mean, that was that was literally literally our next conversation so it was just like you know kind of like what is going on here um and there was there was some pushback there there was some pushback from my family um and i just kind of i was just so like i was so committed to being with her like i it didn't matter and i'm stubborn anyway so you you tell me i can't do something i'm gonna I'm going to try to prove to you that I can. So um, there was pushback from her family, pushback from from my family. And um, we just felt like she said earlier, like we just felt like it was right. And um, and we felt really strongly about that. So we just kind of, okay, And, you know, through the blessing of our children, her mind was completely changed. You know, she ended up, you know, I guess I was one of her favorites. I don't know, I, I guess. But um, future conversations were way better. Um, and like Whitney said before, we just have to be kind of compassionate to um, the times that people grew up in and how, you know, they're they're afraid of things like this because it's kind of you know in their day it was kind of you know frowned upon you know um so but that that's that was an interaction that i had and i've had other interactions i got a chain mail letter you know on like facebook and it was you know i think the title of it was why black men should not be dating white women like it was just like crazy crap like that and it's just like this is so silly um so, um, you just kind of, you let that stuff like roll over your back. I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not the type of person to get highly offended. I mean, we were talking about that earlier. I'm not the type that gets all, you know, bent out of shape because someone, you know, stuck their foot in their mouth and they said something crazy and outrageous. Um, plus I like having conversations like that anyway. Um, and that's the, that's the. That's a, a couple of things that we've gone through, and you just have to have, like I, like Whitney said before, you know, compassion for them. Um, you know, my parents were raised in um, the period where integration started, so you know they they have you know scars and different things like that of growing up in that time period. So, and it and and with the older generation, it was even worse. They had separate um water fountains you know so um i i had to have a lot of, of grace and compassion for 
people that were telling me about our me and Whitney's relationship, I had to have compassion about their background and where they were coming from and what they were speaking to because I knew that they were just speaking from their experience growing up. So I I took it I took their advice. I was very respectful. And even at her family function, I, I didn't even really get bent out of shape. You didn't like, go line back around no. them or anything. <laughs> I did not I did not tackle said family member. <laughs> So, so, so we've been talking about like um, like your marriage. Mm-hmm. Let's talk, or and even outside the marriage, the pushback and things like that. What is one thing, one or two things, that you guys have learned to appreciate in differences to each other, like within your marriage? Like, how are you both different, and you've just you just learned over the years, hey, I, I appreciate this. Um, Whitney is really good at forming relationships and like um, all these different kind of warm relational bonds with people. Um, she uh, is so much better at getting to know people than I am. Like I, I can get to know you from like a relational standpoint like we work together or i'm good with that we you know we coach together or our kids are involved in a sport but she could like any stranger off the street she could just like if she were to sit down in front of them i feel like um she would get to know them a lot better than i would and um so that's some of the that's one of the things that i admire about her um her relationships that she has with her friends, um, her family members that she's really close with, her, all of her relationships are really strong. Um, she's highly compassionate and, um, you know, she's, you know, empathetic. Like she can be completely understanding of someone else's situation, no matter what the situation is. Um, so um, those are some of the differences between her. I can be kind of cold. Um, and not very empathetic. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a, that's a couple of things. Which I find that funny because Desmond is a lot more outgoing than I am. I mean, I think, I think it comes off that way. Um, I think I can be kind of cold at first and hard to approach. I don't know. Maybe I'm not like that anymore, but I was growing up. So I find it. I do find it funny, but I, I do notice that my relationships um, are a little closer, but I don't even know. I don't think that's a race thing at all. Mm-hmm. I And I, I that might be a difference in gender type thing. I mean, the what we were talking about earlier when we were discussing these questions, um, we are both, you know, I know my history and, you know, immigrating over to America and a lot of... I think my traditions that my family does, mainly what we eat <laughs> at holidays, um, come a few of those things come from that. Um, but culturally, we are so similar when it comes to our families. Um, we celebrate the same. Um, both of our families are strong Christian families. Um, there's not a whole lot of difference. And, and that was something... In the beginning, you go like, 
oh, I'm going home with Desmond for the first time. Like, it's going to be a movie. Um, we even had someone joke. That was a pushback that we did when I went to his church for that wasn't a fun day. But, um, you know, people like to make jokes. They think because we're um, interracial that we're like every movie that has an interracial couple on there and they can just tell the jokes like we're supposed to think it's funny and it was not funny at the time but um you know like it wasn't like a movie his family is so much like mine it, he has a very large family um they're fun they love each other they get together their holidays are not um celebrated around gifts or anything like that it's food and companionship and just being with each other and that's you know what my family does um and so there's not a whole lot of i don't think there's a whole lot of differences between us um that have to do with race um you know our personalities are different in a lot of ways which is why the first five years of our marriage were kind of hard, but um, but we're similar in a lot of ways too. So. I have a random question. So, does your dad make the gourmet, or does Tim make the gourmet grilled cheese no. for family gatherings? That's no, we don't have the grill for that. Oh my goodness! <laughs> um, for those listeners that do not know, um, um, Whitney's parents. Uh, they make the gourmet grilled cheese at uh, Kentucky Fudge Company. Um, is that at the vault as well? No. Okay. No, nope. Okay. Um, no. They did a grilled cheese the other day, but it wasn't the gourmet grilled cheese. Okay. No. Okay. Um, okay, la- last question here. Um, let's say that there, there's a interracial couple and they're either dating or they're engaged. Um, and I know times have changed because, I mean, you guys have been together for years now. But what are some things that if they were in the room with us right now, um, what are some things that you would want them to consider just based off of your experience together? Um, I think the most of what I would recommend um, is just I'm sure what you would recommend as someone who would counsel, um, do premarital counsel you know, get to know each other. Um, who do you serve? Who are you going to serve in your house? Um, Christ should be who you serve. <laughs> and if you don't have that, you're going to have a lot of issues. Um, if you don't, if you're not on the same page with that, there's going to be a ton of issues. Um, get a dog together first or a cat. <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of issues that we had, if you plan on having kids, um, you know, parenting styles, that's not something that I even thought to think about. Um, you know, I just thought it would just come and we would be fine and we wouldn't clash on discipline and things of that nature. And um, that, I think, is something where we grew up different. And so we clashed with that, trying to figure out and mesh with our kids. Um I think the main thing when it comes, especially with race, um, and it's hard because like the last five or so years, there are a lot of things have come up in the news and uh, movements that are happening and things that are good. Um, but a lot of times it can be overwhelming for me 
um, and I've talked to you about this before, Seth, with yeah. Facebook and social media. That's one of the reasons because now that we have kids, I mean, after there was a documentary, I remember one time it was after we had our oldest. Um, it was about being biracial in New York City. Desmond was watching it and I couldn't even watch it because it upset me so much. Um, something just clicked in me. It became different because I don't care what anyone has to say about our marriage. But when you have kids, it's totally different. Um, and so I have to be very careful and kind of guard my my heart and my family and my home and what I'm going to allow myself to see. And if you, you know, Facebook is not reality. If you want to see racism, all you got to do is go on there. If you want to see anything, you just go on there. And it is portrayed like that's what is real life. That's what our society is. This is happening now. And the news loves to blow stuff up. And it makes me anxious and overwhelmed and so sad that, you know, I'm raising kids, biracial kids in this crazy world that has all these, you know, horrible racist people everywhere. And I just have to put my phone down and look around and look in your church, look in your neighborhood, look in the schools. We have not had any bad experiences in our neighborhood. My kids have had an awesome experience in our school, um, in their schools. They go to, we specifically wanted them to go to a a diverse school. um, And we haven't had any bad experiences with that. If I went on what social media told me and what the news told me, we would have had all these horrible experiences so far. And like you said earlier, I know our experience is not what anybody else's is. We're, we live in a smaller town. Um, everybody knows everybody. And our kids are young, so things might change. But I just am so blessed that I have Christ to center me and to know that it's okay and that I have all these people that love us and love our kids so much and I have already seen the blessing of having biracial kids. The couple people that we talked about having pushback from, um, I think the one thing about having children and our kids are so amazing and so joyful and we just share them with our family. Um, And I, I see God working in them and you change the minds of people who were worried about our kids. They're all of a sudden looking around and seeing, oh, I have biracial grandkids, and look at all these other ones around us that I never noticed. I I, I don't need to be worried about them. They're not the only ones. Um, You know, my grandma and grandpa, the one who had said he he did not agree with our lifestyle, um, unfortunately, I don't know where his heart was when he died. He had dementia really bad. So even with the pushback, I don't know what was really him or what was the dementia. Um, But my grandma loved us. She loved Desmond. Even um, she just passed away last week. And, you know, she even to her death, she like any of my sisters that she would talk to, she would be like, how's Desmond? (laughs) How's how's the kids? And she prayed for you every single day and prayed for our kids and um, just seeing us. And we would we went and visited them and went out to eat with them. And my grandpa was fine with Desmond. And I think it just helps 
you change people by how you live and how you love. And if we would have allowed them to, in their comments, keep us away, we would have never been able to show that love to them. And they would have never been able to see us and just see how normal we are and how, how great of a father he is. And that's the one thing she was just shocked at when Desm came is how great of a father he is. And, and when you put these barrier, barriers up and these stereotypes, you don't see that. You don't see the greatness in everybody. And that's the one thing that I would really say is, you know, stop with the stereotypes. Even a lot of them are, can be true and it can be funny and we can joke about it. But when you stereotype and put people in boxes, you don't allow yourself to see all the ways that we are similar. Yeah. And our families are similar and our love is similar. And that really, you know, it just is a reflection of Christ's love. And that's Switch what really Jesus brings us together. And don't let the culture define you. Correct. Yes. And, and just put down your phone and turn off the news and just look around you and and surround yourself with people that love and support you. And and you'll be good. Desmond, is there any potential wisdom beyond that that, that, that you'd like to add? Uh, just the only thing is, um, like Whitney said, um, marital counseling is numero uno. You need to learn how to communicate with one another. And I think once you learn to communicate with one another, um, that comfort level with each other, you're going to be so comfortable communicating with each other. You're going to make people around you either comfortable or uncomfortable with uh, how deep and respectful you are to one another. Um, the other thing is, and I was, I was thinking about this, this question. Um, when you're doing something new and I always, I did a book report on Jackie Robinson and, and then I watched the movie that they did um, back when I was a kid and, and well, I did the book report when I was a kid, and then I watched the movie here uh, when it came out. And the biggest thing was the compassion that he had for people and the, the restraint that he also had when faced with things that were negative to his situation. Um, so you have to practice a lot of restraint and know when to practice that restraint when situations arise that are you know, not favorable to your interracial um, situation. So that, I mean, that's the only thing. Uh, Whitney said it pretty much everything else um, for us. Uh, and, I, and I agree with her 100%. Uh, you, you, you just, marital counseling and, counseling and, I mean, you just love each other each and every day as best you can while following God. Put him first and, you know, everything else will just kind of fall into place. Well, Desmond, I have just one more final question for you. Um, do you have any of those shirts you used to wear on your head still <laughs> from college? Uh, maybe. I may have one or two. Okay, next time you play drums <laughs> on Sunday morning, uh, please wear it. But in all seriousness, guys, I appreciate you all taking time out of your week. I have no doubt that the listeners Really appreciate your all's insight. So um, you guys rock, uh, and I'm sure we go to the same church. I'll see, I'll see you guys around. Awesome. Thanks for having us.
I also want to thank you, our listeners, for taking time out of your schedules to listen today. Be sure to follow, listen to, and share this podcast so that you and your friends don't miss out on future episodes. And speaking of episodes, next week's episode will focus on expressing Christ's love in the context of a second marriage. I'll have some more friends who are experiencing life in a second marriage, and they'll share their insight with us. Until then, I hope you have a great week, and don't forget to love where you live.